There is no duality in non-duality. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. In this second program in the Pointers series, we examine Bob's pointer that there is no center or substance to this entity you believe yourself to be. Also in the program, Douglas Harding guides you through an experiment that allows you to further examine the truth of this pointer. Firstly, I ask Gilbert to explain what Bob means when he says there is no centre or substance to this entity we believe ourselves to be, as well as how he would suggest that we go about seeing this. Yeah, the problem is that the mind has got ideas and concepts about all this, and what we're talking about is non-conceptual awareness. So if you have a look at where you're seeing from, where the knowing is taking place, it's absolutely obvious that there's nothing there, there's no substance, nothing with any independence whatsoever. For the mind, the problem is that it is so obvious. It can't label it, it can't think about it. It's non-conceptual. It's presence, it's not a concept. So have a look, see if you can find a self-centre. Let's listen to Bob on this pointer. I have this big thing of, okay, now I've left Bob's. What should I do with all this? <laughs> and um, he said to someone, uh, just do nothing, forget everything I've said. That's the best thing you can do because you're just dragging it from the past. And I'm just talking to myself here. <laughs> I always try and, you know. What technique can I use during the day when I'm not in the presence of someone who's... Again. Ask yourself who's asking the question. Yeah. Okay. And that must be me. Yeah. And then you say, well, that idiot up there, they'll not say there is no me. Is he right <laughs> or is he wrong? I'll have a look. Yeah. And have a look and try and find where this me that you believe yourself to be is. Yeah. See if you can find it. That's the only way, isn't it? To keep having a look. Yes, until it's, you know, the firm conviction is there that there's, there's no place that you can call the centre or a reference point here. Nothing, with it, nothing substantial or any independent nation that okay, this is where I begin, this is what I'm here. Because you don't look, you don't, it's it's like taking your teachings on faith or something, it's like you've got to look. You can see for yourself, yeah. Nobody can do it for you. sense of I. Have a look at that. That's what's catching on. That's your problem. It's a point of view, yeah. It's just a point of view. A point of view, a reference point. A reference point. Now, has it got any substance, that reference point? Is it something you can really grasp? Can you grasp that reference point? No. And say, this is it, this is where I am. See, because we don't look at it, when you can really look at it, it's like that. try to find some place you can grasp on it. You can't find it, can you? But we habitually believe it's been there, so it's seemingly very real, isn't it? To us questioned and looked at. Yeah. So that we immediately jump to that, oh, 
apply the thinking, you know, and we just take it for granted with that. And then see how the thoughts relate to the reference point. Yeah. Mm. How did you give it the saving reality? Mm. So what, when there's a glimpse of something, when there's insight, want of a better word, but when something's seen, there's no eye seeing it. What's actually happening is just seeing. Just seeing, So... You've got a question. See, the only instrument we've got is the mind. Yeah. Now, you use the mind to question the mind. Utilise. When it questions, it sees the falseness of itself in the seeker. And that is no problem. Like Rama Maharshi says, you've got a thorn in your head. So you get another thorn off the tree, you dig the first thorn out, then you throw them both away. Many suggest that investigating implies the existence of an entity who is investigating, and so they resist the suggestion of looking for a centre or any substance. Let's listen to what Bob has to say about this. That awareness or natural state has been ignored. The constant focus has been in the me Mm -hmm. of memory. But the innate nature was always there. And it hasn't been cognised. It hasn't been recognised. Though it's always been there. But I'm looking to see what is there and when you ask who's looking, that comes about naturally also. There's no entity that's ever done anything. There never was. The thing comes about where, instead of just taking everything that you believed in to be true, now it's things are looked at and questioned, and that comes up from the innate tone. It comes up with that looked, looked at and questioned because the point is possibly resonate with you. Ring a bell or hear, hear it and resonate and recognise that this sounds true. This is something that I already know innately and you do. You recognise that you already know it. It's always innately there but it's been overlooked or ignored. Here are two more examples of the pointer. The feeling I get bound by is resentment. Is which? Resentment. Yeah. Yeah, I can go all day resenting something. Yeah. <laughs> all day. Me too, me too. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> so lately I've been doing but, what you've talked about. I've been going, okay, it appears that that's what's going on. It appears that that's what's happening. But is that what, is that exactly, is that... Was that my mind? Well, let's ask yourself. I've been examining it. Who's resentful? Ask yourself. Me, I am. Naturally, (laughs) that's the logical answer, me. But then, who is me? Yeah. Yeah. Have a look for that. Now, you say, that idiot up there says that me's only a thought or an image. Now, can I find a me there? Go into it yourself with your mind, looking at your mind, and see if you can find some spot, or that thought, me, see what it is. Has it got any substance? Thought. Is it independent? Mm. Has it got any spot where it's, where it's residing? So, yeah. yeah, it's the one of the emotions that I forget to do that with. So when you see that what we're referring to, the reference point, the me or the self-centre that we're referring to, is an invalid reference point because it's based on past memory, past events and experiences and conditioning. It has no substance or independent nature. 
it can't stand on its own, that reference line. When that's looked at and seen that there's nothing there with any independent nature, well, the thoughts and that, or whatever comes, just goes through. You let go what needs to be let go, you know. Yeah. Not that you do it, but it happens that way. Nowhere for it to take hold. So if somebody calls you a nasty name where before and it hit this image, and the image doesn't like being called that, and so the anger and the resentment and guilt or shame, whatever it come up with it, now if it just you know what it's referring to, just a, an image that has no substance or independent nature, goes right through. And from that point you understand that there's no centre here with your investigation. You must also understand there's no centre there, anywhere else. And from then, who can be superior to you? Or who can be inferior to you? So, you see, it's just all part of the functioning. Another way to examine if there is a centre or any substance to this entity you believe yourself to be is to look and see where thoughts are located or from where they appear. I'm still struggling with the idea of yeah, okay, questioning as a way into this oneness. Um, questioning my beliefs, because I'm quite happy, as you say, if you're quite in tune with the idea that, yeah, we trick ourselves with thought and get swallowed up in it or think that it's me making decisions, but how do I get beyond that? I can't stop thinking. I can question what I'm thinking if I'm aware enough to do it or strong enough or not in the pit of despair and thinking that I can't do anything. Yeah. Alright, well, you're thinking right now? Yeah. yeah. What's that thinking appearing? What's it appearing on in, in my mind? I suppose what I call my mind is where it appears, or well, in my head. Does it appear in your head or your mind? Have you had a look? Question that and have a look. Sleeping. Where does my thought appear? Sort of um, my thoughts, thoughts going in my head. Now we say this one we may be questioning. Just don't take a guess at this, we say. You know? Yeah. Where it goes can, can you pinpoint it exactly? No, it sort of floats around. So you see, you take it for granted in the end. When you go to pinpoint it, now you're aware of thought taking place. I'm aware of thought. Yes. Right. So, what is it that's aware of thought? I'm aware of thought. What's aware of those thoughts? Well, I, me, but then the next question is... Now, I, me, that's a thought. Yeah. Now, before that, before you said that, you were aware. Yeah. Well, I'm aware of other things other than thoughts, I suppose. Yes. But I'm not aware unless I think about them. Not thinking, do you fall apart? No. Why? Well, it's not my thoughts holding me together. Right. So, if it's not your thoughts holding you together, that means that there's something there prior to thought. Well, the brain is just like a Transistors in the radio, that life force or energy jumping from one spark to another and forms a pattern. image or a thought. But you see, as you say, you think it occurs in here, but go back to what I told you a little while ago. Cognizing emptiness. 
realizing it's cognizing right now everything's being widget then have a look and see where you're cognizing from it's empty it's clear and empty there try and take that back it's clear and empty there's not even a concept of a brain or anything else there or even a head then take it out and see that everything is reflected in that emptiness yeah. being cognizant that emptiness like everything is reflected in the mirror yeah. they told and conditioned and believe and probably dissected and had a look at seeing yeah, but everything comes through the brain and all the rest of it like Douglas Harding always says in present evidence what you're actually seeing can you see anything here except clarity and emptiness there's no thoughts there. And can you see, you know, there's not even a head there when you look at it closely, not even two eyes on present evidence, what you're actually seeing. Mm. Just space. And if you go and try and look from that to see where the thought's coming from the brain, I can't. They can grasp them. In this next clip, Douglas Harding guides you through an experiment so that you can investigate this base-like awareness that you are. He asks you to point at various things, and when he demonstrates this, the pointing hand is about a hand span away from the eyes at about chin level or above, so that the hand, the pointing finger, and the thing being pointed at can all be seen. At one stage he asks you to point at him pointing at you. If you have a partner with whom to do this experiment, you can point at your partner sitting opposite you. If you are doing the experiment on your own, you can point at an object in the room. Pointing. We have a very good instrument here for bringing us home to the place we never left. You know, mums and dads, I expect in Australia as in England, told us it was rude to point at people. Did, did your mum tell you that? very rude. It's very rude to embarrass people by pointing at them. Well, there's one place where the inhabitant loves being pointed at. Who you really, 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 really are loves being pointed at. Absolutely adores it. And we're going to point at who we really, really, really are and see what we're pointing at. And this is the most neglected place in the whole universe. I mean, it's, I think this place we're going to point out is more neglected than the moons around Venus and the black holes and the galaxies. And we're going to point to that. But let us begin by pointing at something else. And uh, if you would kindly, in doing this experiment, don't look at Douglas pointing. Look at your finger and what your finger's pointing at. So, would you, would you kindly point to the ceiling? And you will see that your finger is pointing at something. And now, bring your finger down and point at a wall. And you will find uh, that your finger is pointing at something again, at a wall. So, finger, space, wall. Now bring your finger down further, and I have to ask you to do this. Will you point at Douglas, and I'll point at you. 
Now, you're pointing at the thing here called Douglas. And uh, there's finger, Douglas. Now, bring your finger down and point, if you can, at the floor, just at your feet. So, you have your finger and space and the floor. Now point to what you can see of your legs, which may not be very much. Your lap, perhaps. So, you've got finger and you've got space and you've got a lap. Thing, space, thing. Now point to your tummy. Finger, space, tummy. Don't look at me, look at your finger at what is pointing at, which is your tummy. Now bring your finger up and point to your chest. Still, it's pointing at something. Now bring your finger further up and point to what's above your chest. What is your finger pointing at now? <laughs> point at what you're looking out of now. What is your finger pointing at? You're the authority. I think you have never pointed at this place. You have never, most of us have never, never, never pointed at this place. Isn't it extraordinary that we never pointed at this place? Is it not pointing at space for the world? to happen in. Is it not pointing at this vast window without a frame and the view out of the window full of all those people in the room and so on. But please, before you put your finger down, have a really good point at what lies at the centre of your world. You can bring your finger down now. Isn't this the most neglected place in the whole universe? And isn't it essential to get that right and be our own authority of where we're coming from, who we really, really, really are? And I suggest that you are infinite space, imperishable transparency, infinite space for all those perishable things to come and go in. And that you are exactly the opposite of what you look like to me. You look solid. I think you will have seen that you are transparent. You look two-eyed. And I think you will have seen that you are single-eyed. You look small, very, very tiny, and I think you will see that you have no boundaries. I think that in every respect you are the opposite of what you had been told. And when you took everybody's word for what you were like, but your own word, you had got everything, like as I had, upside down. And you had rejected, along with me, a world full of blessing in which love has a chance where we're built for loving and built not for dying, but for being who we really, really are through all eternity.
let's hear what Bob has to say about what he's found and realised on investigation. Another thing they use is cognising emptiness. Now, the cognising is constantly happening. That's that pure intelligence, cognising everything. Everything is registering, isn't it? Just as it is. So, cognising emptiness. Now, how would you take that? Oh, I'm seeing emptiness. Now I'm starting to notice the emptiness. Don't you see what they're saying is that cognising is emptiness itself. It's the emptiness that's doing the cognising. It's the emptiness that is the pure intelligence energy. And realise that. And you look at that and see that that cognising emptiness, because the very first thing you see in there, when you look at it, there's no head there and such. There's just that emptiness. And everything is being seen from that. So, cognising emptiness, you look back in that and you see there isn't anything that is a seer or a thinker or a choice maker. It's all emptiness. And these things are displaying on it. This body, the sides of the head, you can see, the front of the body, all these things are like the reflections in the mirror. The nature of the mirror is to reflect it just clear and empty. But it's reflecting whatever comes near it. The things in the mirror don't contaminate or touch the mirror either. And seeing that and realising that, that you are the emptiness itself, the known things. And you see that everything appears and disappears in that space like awareness or emptiness. Emptiness doesn't mean it's a vacuum or a void. It is cognizing it, it's a pure intelligence. The same intelligence that functions this universe. Where's it all taking place then? And what is that that is taking place on that I already am? Does it have any substance? Or does it have any independent nature? Can it be fixated on? Can it be pointed to? Well, I've looked for years and years and years. I can't find anything I've been fixated on or pointed to. Though it was firmly believed in that there was an entity here. Now there's no way in the world anybody could convince me that there is an entity here. It's like when we use the blue sea, when you see through the sea that you'll never get a bucket of blue water out of the sea, it doesn't stop the sea from appearing to be blue. And we can go around and admire the appearance, how blue it looks and how lovely it looks, and blue water, sparkling water. But it's never ever been blue. And it's simply that. Seeing that this entity we believe ourselves to be, though it might appear as this, that and the other, it's just an appearance in that which I am. And they call it many metaphors for it, but they call it one of the things in Buddhism they call it emptiness. Space like awareness. Like an under space, use that metaphor. But emptiness, so if, as I say, I can't find a centre here anywhere at all, 
him, exceptionally. Independent nature. And the seeing is happening, the hearing is happening, these words are coming out. Where can they be coming from? They're not coming from a centre. They're not coming from this pattern or this appearance. They must be coming from that emptiness itself. So it's emptiness with the capacity of cognizing or knowing that it's speaking, that it's hearing, it's tasting, touching, it's smelling. Wouldn't it be the same there? Another way they call it is emptiness. Emptiness with the capacity of knowing. An emptiness that is suffused with intelligence. That knowing is a pure intelligence. Or cognizing emptiness. Now it's not that we are cognizing emptiness. It is because if I can't find a centre in this body, and I can't, that's what I can call me. I can't find a centre in this mind that I can call me. Yet basically I'm still seeing, still hearing, these words are coming out. The activities of livingness is going on, but I cannot attribute to a centre with any substance or any independent nature. Can you? If you can, question that centre and have a look and see if it's real. And we tell you this is the false cannot stand up to an investigation. It'll fall apart if you look. Some say they see this once and that is all that is needed, but for others this needs to be seen again and again. Until, as Bob said earlier, third condition is there that there's, there's no place that you can call a centre or a reference point there. Nothing, nothing substantial or any independent notion of okay, This is where I begin, this is what I really am. That's it for now from the Urban Guru Cafe. If you have any comments to make about this story or any ideas you would like to hear about, you can find our contact details at urbangurucafe.com. Thanks for visiting. There is no duality in non-duality.